This is the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. I hate them. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. I, I think they're awful and uh, draconian and need to be changed. Welcome to Eat It Virginia, episode two. Today we chat with the lovely yet polarizing John Mayer, the former owner of Rogue Gentleman and former employee of the great Thomas Keller. It's riveting, I know. Listen on, dear people, for episode two of Eat It Virginia. Welcome to Eat It Virginia. I'm your co-host, Scott, along with my good friend, Roby Martin. Roby, how the heck are you? I'm good, Scott. How are you? I'm really good. You want to know why? Tell me about it. I'm in love. You're in love. You're in love with what? With, with <laughs> what or with whom? Uh, or, okay, with whom? I don't know. You're taking me off guard. We just, Valentine's Day just happened, Scott. Well, you know, things happen fast in this world. Yeah. They, okay, so what are you in love with? Well, you keep on saying what and with, but <laughs> oh, it's... it's whom? Yeah. Tag it. Whom? Who? Rats, whom are you in love with? Well, you're right. It, is, it isn't actually a person. It's a thing. You were right the first time. Inanimate objects. Well, well <laughs> you can put it that way. Um, so, yes, I, uh, I have a love affair with, with charcuterie. Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> it's French. Try it that way. Chartreuterie. There it is. Look at you. How do you pronounce it? Yeah, there you go. So, okay. So, meats. You have a love affair with meats. Guys, Scott is having a love affair with meat. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all. I'm a wide open book today, Roby. Yes. Ask, ask away. Yeah. So, I went to twice uh, recently. I've been to, well, two Are these, okay, wait. I, I have, I, hold up. So, is this your first foray into meat trays i've dabbled <laughs> i've dabbled in meat trays okay um but this isn't the first time i'm actually comfortable enough with my manhood to to declare my love for them of meat okay so, okay recently i've been to dude this digresses fast over here guys we just started okay in south richmond for the first time had a lovely meal took my children and we shared a plate, a charcuterie plate. <laughs> just one, just a blank plate. No, no. What was on the char- charcuterie? Uh, so charcuterie? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I've been pronouncing you wrong this whole time. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, poor little meat. Um, you know what? I don't recall exactly what was on it, but some of the hush puppies. <laughs> not, not part of a charcuterie. <laughs> but it was on the plate. Oh, okay. Then part of a charcuterie. Yeah, there it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I just asked. I asked our server to just give us the best stuff, and and that's what he did. Yeah, uh, they explain it, but sure. You know, I didn't. I didn't retain that all. So, but you said two. You've had Brenner pass. So you cheated on one charcuterie with a second. I'm a man second. of many. <laughs> I'm a man of many charcuterie. Yeah. Can I say it three times fast? Brenner pass was more recent, so I do recall. I had the speck. Right. Chicken liver mousse. Woof. And three delicious cheeses, of which I don't recall their names, but it was a soft and a medium. And a, and, a, and, a, and meat, guys. He likes meat. And a hard. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Okay. Guys, okay, I'm sorry. So while you listen to this, we're going to talk about other things other than Scott's meat. So I've been to two restaurants in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yes. Ruby, how many have you been to? Quite a few. Okay. Tell, tell me. The no, no, no. I want to talk about the new stuff. I don't. I like all the old stuff. Have but you we're been gonna... to not any of the new stuff? Um, I haven't, but oh. can we talk about them? I w- that's where I was getting at. All right. So Adara just opened on Valentine's Day. Tell me about it. So it is. Are you familiar with Nota Bene? 
I am. So the chef from Nota Bene has moved and opened his own spot in the Old Rogue Gentleman. Okay. Oh, in Jackson Ward? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so he's opened a place called Adara, and it is him and his wife. Lovely. What kind of food are they serving? Do you so know? I think it's Mediterranean inspired. Don't quote me on that, but I'm going to go. It's only been open for a week, so I'd like to give it a little time. Okay. And then the guy that owns Sergio's, which is way out there, maybe Powhatan, has opened a place in the old Stuzzy, up another pizza restaurant. Sure. Because, you know, we only have a thousand. In, in the Museum Richmond. District of Richmond. Sure. Yeah. Near right, Carytown. Yep. Right there. Um, and it's called Fire and Hops. So I had a question here. So that's beer and pizza? Yeah, yeah, essentially, I think, right? I like, I like both of those things. They have a big oven in there. They, uh, I mean, like a big pizza oven that you can see. Here is So he is somehow related to the Lopresti family, which, you know, is Mary Angela's. It's, it's Sarah Joe's is obviously his restaurant. So in order to open this restaurant, he went to Vegas and studied with a 13-time world pizza champion. There's such a thing? Yes. And someone's won it 13 times? Yes. What does that mean? Is his if name you, Papa John? No. no. I, maybe? I, no. I think his name is... I don't know what his name is. Anyway, he's a champion of pizza. Okay. So what do you think... Ta- what, how how are you a champion of pizza? And what what can he teach you? Um, uh, yeah, I think the pizza relies a lot on the crust. I think the crust is a big deal. So maybe the how to make a proper crust and how to... You know, if it's going to be like a wood-fired crust or... A, a flimsy crust, like more New York style? I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to finding out. Absolutely. What else do you know? That's everything I know. That's it? That's it. We're, we're, we're done. That's all the things. Here, here's, here's something I want to know yeah. from you. So what should a burger cost? What should a burger cost? Yeah, like a, like a, like a burger, like a cheeseburger. Yes, I'm familiar. Do you um, know what that, I mean, not like veggie burger, because you know that right, impossible right, burger right. that everybody's talking about, you know, the vegetarian one apparently right. is particularly expensive. So what should it cost or what does it cost? Because I feel like the last few times I've gone out to eat and seen burgers on the menu and even ordered one, I feel like I was paying between 12 and $14 in Richmond for a burger. So you're good with no sides. With no, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe yes. With no sides. So I don't know. I I apparently need to adjust my idea of what a burger should cost because I think it should cost nine dollars. Right. However, we popped it up on the Instagram to see what a burger should cost. And what did the Instagram say? Not nine dollars. No. Fifteen. That's so two thousand seven. Nine dollars. Yeah, I'm stuck in my cheap burger ways. How much should a beer cost? That's a maybe a better question. So you know what? That's a really good question. A local beer. I don't know. Five dollars. For how many ounces? I guess that's more important than like 12, 16. I mean. Is it during happy hour? Let's that's say, the only time I drink now. Let's say no. No? Um, I don't know. I'll say $7. Right. Yeah. Do you feel good about that? I would pay $7 most places. All right, guys. So whoever has beer, he'd like to pay $20 for his burger and $7 for a beer. So, Scott, how do you feel about food festivals? Um, usually they're kind of busy for me, a little too busy. I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. Really? Like, you don't like festivals and food? Or you like festivals, but not ones including food? I feel, I mean, I like music festivals a lot. Uh, Food festivals, I just feel like there's a lot of long lines and maybe not what I need for that moment. Am I wrong? You are. I haven't been to too many. I actually think that you are. Okay, good. I'm going to. Here, Here goes some education. So are you familiar with Fire Farm Fork? I've heard of it. So it happens in the fall. It's our food festival here in Richmond. Yes. Currently, there is a competition going on. Do tell. So it's a uh, USA Today has something called 10 Best in which you vote okay. on like best things. And Fire, Flower, and Fork is leading. So go vote, guys. Um, 
against, but they're against Charleston food and wine. Okay. Which is which also is a, a big one. one yes. One big, big, big guy. And that happens here from the 6th to the 10th. So I think, just go with me here, we are going to be covering Charleston food and wine. I think that USA should stop the voting till we know. For me and you. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about the Charleston food and wine. So four days, right? And it's been going on for something like a million years. And so they get all sorts of, I don't know, call them Food Network famous people down there to do dinners with the likes of Sean Brock, um, at McCrady's, Travis Grimes. So similar to ours, right? Okay. Except in Charleston. So are Richmond chefs invited down to Charleston for this? Yes. Oh. Look at you. You totally do get a food festival. You just don't know that you do. I have one of the right ones, apparently. So Chris Fultz and Alex Graff will be there okay. from ZZQ. Yes. And then we have Joy Crump, who's out of Fredericksburg. She's sure. going to be down there. She was a, a celebrity chef on TV, right? She was. I remember her. Mm -hmm. So she's, yeah, she owns food with an E. In so, Fredericksburg? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so guys, don't do anything. USA Today, 10 best till we are back from Charleston Food and Wine. So upcoming on Eat It Virginia, we have the previous chef of Rogue Gentleman. He is going to come chat with us a little bit about what he's doing now. Chef he's Johnny. Chef John Mayer. Thanks for listening. Want more food in your ear? Subscribe to the podcast or find us on Twitter at Eat It Virginia, Instagram at Eat It Virginia, or Facebook at Eat It Virginia. And now back to the show. Welcome, Booth Hardy, today. Thank you. And we're so excited to have you. Can you tell? I've said excited 40 times. <laughs> Booth is our podcast sommelier, and he has brought some, I don't know what we're doing today. Is this sushi wine? You think this is sushi wine? I brought some wine for sushi. Wow. I love when I'm like, I just throw out a little baby detail to Booth, and he's like, okay, I've got you. So I've got a wine for that. I've got a wine for that. <laughs> yeah, I love, that's great. He's going to have an app for that soon, too. So that's tell right. me about this wine. Okay, so with sushi, you know, you're having kind of fresh, briny, uh, salty flavors. Uh, so I like something kind of clean, light-bodied, white, and fruity. Uh, so I brought Sauvignon Blanc, and this is from France. Nice. Yeah. So. Are, would you assume that most Sauvignon Blancs are from France, or am I? I mean, I, I like the grape itself is a French grape. Uh, it's originally from France, um, but they grow it all over the world now. You know, you have tons of New Zealand uh, Sauvignon Blanc. There's California Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, for me, I like I like it from France because they're not quite as fruity as some of the New Zealand examples, which can be delicious too. But uh, you have a little more minerality, minerality, like you have a little more um, kind of depth and you, you can kind of taste the soil, not in an earthy way, but like it almost like tastes like crushed rocks. Oh, really? Cool. So gravelly maybe. Is maybe, it? yeah, gravelly, so, chalky. So what type of climate would this grow in if now that we brought it from France and it can grow in all of those areas? Does it have a specific climate? You know, not really, because New Zealand is pretty warm and sunny. It's a versatile grape. It's very versatile, yeah. And they make it in a lot of different styles. Like if it's from a cold climate, you're going to have a pretty light-bodied, dry version. From the warmer climates, you might have a little more fruitiness and like ripeness to it, uh, to the flavor. Um, and then in California, they even, they even add um, oak barrels a lot of times. So they're pretty full-bodied. But they still have that zippy kind of uh, citrusy flavor. Oh, very cool. So where can I get this one? Obviously, guys, we can get it at Barrel Thief. But what is the price? This is twelve ninety nine. 
Very portable. Cheap drinking with booth. Cheap. Oh, right. God. Whoa, this is yeah. good. When you drink all the time, you got to keep the price down. You got to make them drinkers. So I'm going to ask my uh, my question I ask every time. Yeah. Savignon Blancs in Virginia, do we have a favorite? I don't think there's any. What? I don't know of any. So you're I don't think we've ever had one. can grow everywhere, and they can't even grow in Except our state. Except for Virginia, the only place <laughs> it can't grow. You know what, They can't grow here. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to hear from, from some Virginia winemakers in the next couple of days. Absolutely. Yeah, there's got to be some. There's got to be some. You would think. Why have I never you heard You wait. Of it? I'm going to pop it up on the Instagram, which, by the way, guys, is at Eat It Virginia. And I'm going to say, Booth, here is your Virginia Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, get back to me. I, I need to research. Yeah, thanks. Chase I need sommelier. it. Let me give you some. <laughs> that is total jokes. That's why we have Booth here. And if you are cheersing in French, how does that go, Booth? Santé. Hey. Santé. Hey. I love it. Thanks so much, Booth, for joining us. Thank you. Cheers. We've had our wine, now let's eat with Chef Johnny. Hey, how about some water? Thank you. Um, how are you? Good. good. How are you doing? Good. How is um, life getting here? It's getting good. Good. What are you doing now? Uh, I just started, I'm running the bar at Tiny Victory now. You're running the bar at Tiny Victory? I was, I was helping them out in between some shift issues they were having, and then decided uh, they need the help. I'm free, so. I like it. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right, sweet. So, yeah, Unz unzip. John, please. <laughs> I mean, just the shirt, okay? Just this the shirt. A, this is a PG podcast. Oh, all right, all right. All right. So, you know me, you know Scott. I do. So, for those of the people that are listening that don't know John Mayer, I'll, yes, you need to be close. Okay. Get close to me. Get very, very close to me. So, for the people that don't know John Mayer, John, can you tell them a little bit about your background? Starting, I don't know, whenever you want to start. Guess culinary school? Uh, yeah, I did uh, four years at Johnson & Wales uh, up in Providence. Um, got a bachelor's degree there. And immediately after, uh, went straight to the French Laundry out in uh, Napa. Um, for those people that don't know the French Laundry, I mean, I imagine everybody does, but just in case they don't know, it is in California and is what, like one of the top It's It's in, uh, in Youngville, which is a little small town in, in Napa County. Um, it's a Michelin three-star. At the time, uh, I think it was top three in the world. Um, and I figured, you know, if I wanted to be the best chef I could, that's the best place to go. So what did Thomas Keller have you doing when you were at the French Laundry? Like, what was your day job? Night job. Day uh, and night job. Day, um, at the beginning. Uh, it was, I was a commis first, meaning like apprentice. Um, Is that the same thing as a stage? Or you were paid? Oh, no, I wasn't paid. Okay, God, so no. free work. Oh, yeah. Freely, okay. Yeah, in, in the kitchen at uh, 5 a.m., um, we would leave anywhere between 4 and 9 p.m. Um, doing what people would, I guess, refer to as menial work, um, picking herbs and doing small things like that. But uh, in the grand scheme, you know, that, that chervil leaf needs to be the best perfect chervil leaf for the plate because it's a three-star. It's, it's a, one of the best restaurants in the world. So even though it's a small kind of meaningless job, uh, you take a lot of pride and it, it sets how you, your career, how you think and how you cook. Um, not thinking that the smallest little jobs mean nothing. They all mean something very sure. special. Sure. So from your menial job, and I put air quotes around that <laughs> just so you guys can't see it, 
to what else at the French Laundry? Uh, I have, I was some cheese and fish work, butchery. Um, I did all the chip work. Um, I got to know one of the sous chefs there really, really well. His name was Ryan Fancher, and I uh, kind of lashed on to him, and I left after uh, about a year and change, I think, uh, to help him open up uh, El Dorado Kitchen in Sonoma, and I was with him for about three years and so. Uh, so I guess he was my mentor. I figured if I couldn't learn directly from Thomas, I'll learn from his sous chef. Sure. I mean, that makes total sense in my head. So that's what? Four, six, six. So now we've gotten through 10 years of your life. How did you get to Richmond or Virginia, I guess? Yeah. So uh, I was born here, uh, graduated in uh, 2000 in Powhatan and left immediately afterwards. Um, my dad at the time were Philip Morris and he was transferred to their headquarters, which I guess used to be in Midtown. Sure. And uh, it was either like stay in Palatine or move to New York City. So I moved to New York City because that's what you do. Um, sure. As, I guess as a chef, that's like probably the best place for you to move, right? This was, I was I was 18. Uh, I worked at a wine store, actually. Um, oh, so you it was across from our apartment. It? Yeah. It was like, if I'm going to be in the restaurant industry, I should know wine. And this uh, sommelier is opening a wine shop directly across from our apartment. So that was kind of cool to, to learn the wine part early on. Um Anyway. Do you feel like that gave you, I'm going to, we'll digress to this wine because okay. I actually think that's a great point. Do you feel like that gave you maybe, I don't want to say like the taste, like your taste buds, it educated Absolutely. them a little Absolutely. bit. Does, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the correct word is, but maybe a feeling for like multiple different types of sniffs and tastes. Yeah. Also how to pair. I learned how to pair stuff uh, even before I could legally drink. Um, I, I just, I was a sponge uh, from information from Darren. Uh we're still good friends to this day. That's good. It's always nice to be friends with a wine guy. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, but. Even when I went to college, uh, we, you know, we take front of house classes, a class about serving. Um, one of them, you get to run your own restaurant. Um, and I wanted to serve wine and I called him and uh, he gave me a, a case of wine. Something special, not the dirt crap that, you know, a college will get. Like sure. actual really, really good stuff. Like good so stuff. So cool. when you were serving it, you could serve mm -hmm. something that people would like. Yep. All right. Now we're going to roll forward. Grew up okay. here. Parents are here. Mm -hmm. Did what in between New... No. California, Cal California, California. And then back to Richmond. California. Then I went to New York for a minute again. Okay. Um, then I went to Germany. Uh, my sister was stationed there. And uh, turns out her next door neighbor uh, is the chef owner of a, a Michelin one star, uh, like 100 meters down the road. Um, they were talking one day and said, my brother's a, a chef at the laundry. And he said, if, he, if I wanted, ever wanted to if come over. If I worked over, at the French Laundry, do I call it the laundry? Oh, uh, the laundry's short for it. You know. I know. That's, I'm just asking so you I can, can be, I if so. I can, like, you know, be in the know now. You, sure. Do you still call Fernet Fernet? Because isn't that like a thing between chefs? Is there a nickname is what I'm saying? No. Oh. Well, I mean, there's... <laughs> Did you see his face? <laughs> there, there's the bartender handshake. Sure. Um, but Fernet's still Fernet. Okay. Just just asking. Yeah. Okay. So I have a brother who is a chef at the laundry. Uh, he he and he said if I ever wanted to come over um, and cook with him, he, I have free reign. And uh, she told me, and I was on a plane a few days later. And so I lived with my sister and her family and worked at this two-star, uh, or one-star, the Wartenberg Amula, and uh, traveled around Germany cooking with him. So that was fun, and then uh, came back here. Uh, what else did I do? I believe there was like a Caribbean stint. 
they're, they're let me tell you about your life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> eventually I went, I think I went back to California this time. Um, I was Charlie Palmer's, uh, chef de cuisine, at, uh, dry Creek kitchen in Healdsburg. Okay. I don't think I knew that. Really? No, that's a, that, I mean, that's a great space to yeah, learn. They, they hired me as a sous chef. Um, they fired their CDC and then they promoted me up. So I was Charlie's, uh, CDC for a little bit and then left there and I went down to San Francisco. Um, I got a job at, uh, Aqua, which at the time was a Michelin two star, uh, Laurent Manrique was the chef. And, um, I was there for a bit and then they closed. And then I took my very first uh, executive chef position, a little wine bar called Cove, kind of like, um, spelled like cave. Uh, C-A-V. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of like San Francisco's version of, uh, Seco, like really like the best wine list in this, in the city, really esoteric. Seco is your favorite wine list in the city? hundred percent. Tip, tip guys. Always you heard it been. from John Always Mayer. Yep. Hey, Julia, heads yeah. up. Um, yeah. And I got my first, uh, review from Michael Bauer, uh, who is, I think one of the best food critics that's ever lived, um, from the Chronicle three stars from him and then uh ended a long-term relationship and decided i need to get as far away from that as possible and uh the caribbean was that and it was something like i don't know six thousand miles i away. would like the choice if i ever had <laughs> ended a long-term relationship to go to the caribbean what do you think he has your number now so. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct that's true so just in case you know a place i can go i do i do <laughs> Yeah, I was headhunted, um, which has never happened before. That was weird, but um, it was for a resort, and they paid me uh, a crap ton uh, of money and to do nothing to run uh, one of their outlets. Um, I sold my soul to a resort for a while. Um, it happens to the best of us. You know, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, Scott has sold his soul to podcasting, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, uh, the Caribbean was a year, and then uh, I came back here, and I think it was 2012, and then did Spoon, uh, my pop-up thing, for a minute. Um, so let's just dig it down into your coming back here, because obviously that's my first foray yes. with you, correct? That was a great night we had oh, the okay. first time. So before he goes down the road, I threw a watch at him, and that's a story for another in, podcast. In the middle of Gray Street. Yes, like actually it was. Three o'clock in the morning. Chucked a watch at him after we left a very nice martini bar. Absolutely. And and that was that was a good time that Did first night. It, is my question. You know what? We have not come to that conclusion yet. We Probably. Are we are still in therapy. Part two. <laughs> yes. That'll be the sequel of this podcast. No, that is a whole nother different yeah. type of food cast. Ooh, <laughs> man. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. Let's talk about your splash on the scene because you had started talking over multiple social media outlets about how you were going to come to Richmond before you even got yeah. here. So what were your thoughts on the rich and how long ago was that? Like year wise, 2012, I came back, I believe. So what were your thoughts on the food scene before you arrived, when you got here and now, uh, before I, I think I said for years, I would never open a restaurant in Richmond. Um, from my experience here, Richmond really doesn't like change very much or new things. Um, but over time I would come back and visit family and friends and then, you know, someone like Timberica uh, at Seco at the time was doing incredible food and things that were not the norm. And that kind of put the, the seed in my head that, okay, maybe Richmond can, can have something that's different than Southern fusion stuff. Sure. You know? 
We do um, like our Southern fusion. You do. You do. God bless fried chicken, but there's other stuff to eat, too. Yeah, there, uh, there's a wealth of other there things. Is. Sure. Uh, so that was then, and then what was the other part um, now? Well, when you got here, so that, like, when it, as it, like, I guess as it has evolved, okay. what are your thoughts? Uh, it's it's gotten better over the years, for sure. Uh, every year it's gotten better, and that goes back to my childhood. Um, do you feel we're at the pinnacle, or do you think that we need, I mean, like, do you think we've hit like restaurant capacity. And Absolutely. 110%. So do the restaurants we have currently need to raise the bar? Uh, no, I'm, I mean, I think there's an oversaturation currently. There's a new place opening, you know, a couple of times a month. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still the same amount of people for guests to go to them. Uh, I think there's a lot of choices, which is not bad. But I think it's incredibly difficult to own a restaurant. Which you did. So <laughs> I've, everybody knows. Well, I don't know if anybody knows, but you owned Rogue Gentleman. Everybody knows. Everybody knows, John. Um, you owned Rogue Gentleman, which changed to Rogue. Mm-hmm. Which? How long did you own that? Uh, five years. So, oh, so a good amount of time for you to know kind of the ins and outs of a Richmond restaurant, would you say? I think so, yeah. Okay. And what did you see in the time that you owned that? Did you have to change your menu to... to the, for the public, because I think that sometimes we can be a little set in our southern food. Sure, uh, but no, um, we opened Rogue with very specific things in mind. Uh, the idea that you can, well, first of all, it was, it was a cocktail bar first and foremost. Um, we called it Rogue Gentleman Cocktail Bar and Restaurant. Uh, a lot of times, people put the bar on on a second burner while they focus on the chef and the food and the menu and things. Um, I like to drink. And I wanted uh, a, what I felt was a, like a San Francisco cocktail bar in this city because I didn't think there was one. And uh, we we set out to serve anyone but have the highest quality possible. So we were we wanted to have people come in in a tank top and flip flops and sit down and have a tasty menu and not be judged for it and have a good time. It's lively and rowdy and we have Fernet on tap and uh, we don't take ourselves seriously. So that was that was what Rogue was supposed to be about. Do you think that Virginia laws are archaic with respect to not allowing us to worthless. have a bar? I hate them. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. I, I think they are awful and uh, draconian and need to be changed. Okay, so I have a couple more questions. First, what do you think Richmond is missing? Food-wise. Food-wise... Um, Because I can think of a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I was expecting a little bit more dramatics from you. I'm trying. I'm trying to watch my words. I promise Um, I won't twist them around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think uh, a yakitori place would be pretty cool. Ooh, meat on sticks. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, who doesn't like a meat on stick? Do you, Scott, like a meat on stick? Corn dogs are delicious. Yeah. <laughs> they are. He, no, okay. <laughs> Not really that, but yakitori, <laughs> I would love that. You're right. Yeah. Like yakitori and then I think an itzakaya. I think so too. I think that'd be, you know, it's it's, it's hard to do in this city because of the liquor laws. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd only have to be able to serve uh, sake and, and beer, which is great, but... I'm a cocktail guy, so it's hard to uh, adjust prices to cover the ratio that we have. Um, so that would be a hurdle. And also, I don't think people understand so much 
what an izakaya is. What's an so for the people that don't know, what is a yakitori and what is an izakaya? And then I have to send Scott out of the room because I have to ask you the questions. questions oh, wait, I lied. That's <laughs> not going anywhere. I have some questions to ask you that I asked him at the end of the podcast that he doesn't know the answers to, but you might. Okay. So yakitori, izakaya, and then Scott. Ask John your questions. Uh, yagatori is literally just means green, uh, grilled chicken, um, but in the general sense, it's it's meat on a stick that's grilled over uh, benjaton charcoal. Um, izakaya is basically a, a pub, like a Japanese pub, um, local bar, uh, rowdy and fun, and just a meeting place for uh, good times. So you mentioned that uh, you didn't really change your restaurant much in the years that you owned it, but there had to have been some sort of adjustments made after the first, second, third year, or was it pretty much, it was what it was. I mean, you, you must have learned something in the first couple of years that you had to tweak. We, we, uh, we were very uh, worried about the tasting menu thing because um, when we opened, no one did them on a regular basis. You, I think you go, uh, Tim did them at Seco f- for a little bit. Uh, a few others here and there, we have to call ahead, that kind of thing. Uh, so for us to put it on the menu every day of the week, uh, we weren't sure how that would go over. Uh, turns out that you know 60% of our food sales came from tasting menus, uh, which made me really, really proud. Um, so we had an idea of what we wanted, and we stuck with it for the most part. Actually, all of it. Uh, we made a change to the cocktail menu uh, the final year to get away from the, f- the funny things because we were getting bored of that and tried to come up with the subjects that we could really dive into and think about. And it, kinda, it made our, our cocktail making a little bit more esoteric and outside the box. I was going to ask you about the cocktail menu because the first time I came in, that's, that's the thing that really like, stuck with me was, was how funny the cocktail yeah, how creative they, it was. Yeah, they were amazing. Our, our designer, uh, Chad Cariano, is a genius, and uh, I would give him some off-the-wall idea and say, here, take this and make something amazing, and he did it every single time. Uh, he deserves an immense amount of credit for that work, which got national press. Yeah. You know, Tales of the Cocktail picked Deservedly it up. Deservedly so. Absolutely. Um, my last time in your restaurant was, I think, two weeks maybe before the last day, and you were in the kitchen, mm-hmm. took over the kitchen. I did, the yeah. There. What was that experience like for you, um, going from owner to owner-chef? Uh, I loved it. Um, you know, cooking's what I do, uh, although now I also run bars but um you know i'm, I'm a cook through and through and it, it f- he's like my new favorite person <laughs> <laughs> i mean now i also run bars it's like the life i want to live <laughs> keep going i'm sorry but um yeah it, it felt really cool to get back in the kitchen again because i i'd never really cooked in my own restaurant um and it felt good to to do my version of modern french cooking um which i i still think lacks in the city um it was a good time. I loved it. I got we got a great sous chef. Uh, Tyler Cartwright was my sous. Uh, he's a really great cook, great kid. Um, to be able to teach someone, you know, what I know that I learned from Ryan, who learned it from Thomas, and continue that progression of teaching people the right way to do things, as far as I'm concerned, is is really really special to me. I did, I did have one more question. Uh, of course you do. Uh, chef Johnny is one of the best follows on Twitter. Um, so just a, just here, a, here it comes. Out of curiosity. Um, so that's how I'm like found well, out about yeah. the guy. I don't know what you think. I don't know what you think is coming. But, before he got here. Yeah. But what, what role the character, I don't want to say the character cause it's you, but like, yeah, so you're kind of taking on this persona on social media, perhaps to some, sure. What do you feel? Like, how do you feel about that? And, and what do you going forward? 
like how are you going to manage that that social media uh, platform? Um, uh, those that know me know I'm very opinionated, and I kind of say whatever I want to. Uh, I'm very critical about myself and what I do. And I think it's only fair to be critical of others, uh, at least in my same profession. Um, I just didn't really give a shit, to be honest with you. And then we opened Rogue and had a, a big kerfuffle um, because of that. And uh, I pretty much 86 myself from Twitter for a while, um, mostly because my opinion was now Rogue's opinion. And uh, I didn't want to negatively impact my business uh, and, you know, my parents' business because they were, were our partners. So you're not the only one that's active on the old social medias. Your parents are pretty active, oh, yeah. too. Your mom specifically, I've gotten some very interesting direct messages yes. from her. Yes, she uh, she is a lioness uh, laying in wait sometimes. <laughs> I actually like Good mom. Yeah. mom. Are you kidding? I think that's like a really cool yeah. thing. It's, uh, it's pretty neat. So I, I stopped for a while uh, just to let my, you know, the restaurant speak and, and do that and stay away, except for some political things I, I got into here and there. But for the most part, I, I let my opinion uh, sit back and and have the collective opinion be the one that we put forth. Okay, I think that's a good idea. All right, see you later, Scott, because right. I got questions. Right. Bye. All right, are you ready? These I'm are screaming, I'm coming back in. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, that's the only way to go. That goes for either of you. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be me first. It's true. All right, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so what do you think of cauliflower and all the cauliflower things that are happening right now, oh. like pizzas? Uh, so uh, when when we sold Rogue, um, I made a lot of changes in my life because the restaurant Wait, was always oh. the restaurant was always he just my excuse me away, guys. <laughs> for a lot of uh, you know terrible life decisions. Um, you know, so I quit smoking cigarettes. What? Uh, yeah. Hey. I know. Um, I quit drinking sodas. Yes. I'm a Dr. Pepper fiend. So I've cut sugar like, you know, 90%. And then also eating better now that I'm, I am have the time to do that. And sure. part of that is some ketogenic things. So I am actually eating all the cauliflower shit as well. Oh, man. But not the pizza. The, we had one and it's awful. <laughs> so, uh, for, okay. God, I feel the same way, but I wish yeah. I could say we weren't doing it in my household as well. I don't understand what it is. Yeah. The, Can't they find a better base? Tell me about it. The I mean, uh, That's the, your new thing. The cauliflower rice. With a new I'm good for it. base. Yeah, actually, I can make pretty good fried rice. All right. Question number two. Okay. And this is going to be so easy for you. But what is a mirepoix? What is a mirepoix? Mm -hmm. uh, it's carrots, celery, and onion. Same as a sofrito? Uh, sofrito has bell pepper. <laughs> Very easy. Except yeah. it's not carrots. It's uh, bell pepper instead. Perfect. And yes. garlic. But. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just asking because, you know, one can be interchanged occasionally with another if you look at it in actual publications, but that's false. It's the same thing, but it's all based on, on what you're talking Spanish, about. Spanish, French, mm -hmm. correct? Am I correct? Mm -hmm. um, and then how do you feel about the trend of communal? Communal dining, communal cocktails. What are your thoughts? Explain a, what is communal cocktail. You know, one big cocktail for the table. Oh, well, okay. Um, I mean, maybe I shouldn't call it a communal yeah, cocktail, like, but it is. You are sharing it, right? So some Yeah, just so just things. large format. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't so much like communal dining, 
because I don't need to know who Jim Bob is next to me while I'm having a date, you know. Sure. Uh, that I don't really care for. If it's an event, like Ian does the come along things um, at Tiny Victory, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's neat. It's it's part of... So Kamayan thing, just for people Kamayan, that don't... Thank right? you, I don't know. That's what it is, right? It's, yes. He does a Kamayan dinner, which is essentially eating with your hands yeah. on a big table. Mm-hmm. It's, God, that's so fun. We have one on Thursday. Do you have one actually. on Thursday? Okay, so this will air not this, uh, this will air this upcoming Monday. Oh, okay. And they're actually, you guys are actually pairing with Atos, right? On yes. Thursday? Okay, so let's talk about your next one. Do you know when? How about this? You can find him at Tiny Victory RVA. Yeah. Perfect. So that'll be a communal dining experience if somebody yes. wants to do it. Yes. And you are for that one, but not for a date night. Uh, if it's an event where it's built around communal eating, then I'm, I'm cool with it. But as like, if I go to a restaurant, I don't want to sit at a communal table. That's I don't fair. like that. Okay. Uh, cocktails, absolutely. Uh, you know, speaking of Tiny Victory, uh, we're, I'm redoing the menu there, and we're going to have some large format volcano bowl kind of things on there. Promise me you'll set one on fire. Oh, it's going to be on fire. I need, I'd love, a, what is wrong with me? I love a flaming cocktail. It adds nothing but pyrotechnics, I absolutely. Realize, But I like it. Me too. So... I am a consumer. Just pretend that I'm a patron at your restaurant. Mm -hmm. What about me patron annoys you? (laughs) Me specifically. No. Yeah, uh, that's a... (laughs) So many things. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. When when people are eating gum is one thing. They're coming in and eating gum and they don't want their gum gum anymore. And they stick it to the side of my glass, my my beautiful vintage... uh, cocktail glasses my coops they'll take it out and just shove it on the side and leave it there that's that's a that's a big one for me when they take our pens people don't understand how everything in a restaurant costs money sure um and even though it might just be a cheap pen even though we always try to have nice pens but stealing pens stealing anything anything people will take a problem they'll take everything that's not everything so that's annoying too oh i don't you don't go to their house and take their stuff I would. I do now. <laughs> they did it to me. I'm going to do it to them. He's coming to your house. He's yeah. taking all your things. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Scott and Roby. So I asked John Mayer a couple of questions during our interview. And I, it's, so I want to know if you know the answer. You, you asked me to leave the room. Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's the way it goes. It's embarrassing. It's not. No, I don't think anybody was embarrassed. Well, somebody was. (laughs) So, and so, hey, Scott, I want to know what Mirepoix is. Pronounce it one more time. Mirepoix. You're the French one. I was married a long time. (laughs) And so it's been a while since I had a Mirepoix. (laughs) No, no. What is Mirepoix? Guess. Mirepoix. You said it was French, so you gave me a hint. I did. And we're on a cooking show. We are. So I'm guessing it has. Except a f- we're not on a cooking show. Well, a there's food, zero cooking going on here. Related podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say it has to do with French cooking. Perfect. We'll go with that. Is it the same or different than sofrito? I'm gonna. <laughs> it's like one of those trick questions. Can I have multiple choice? A, you yes, cannot. B, John did not need Chef Johnny did not need multiple choice. He worked choice. at the laundry. He did. Yeah. I just do my now laundry. Not yep. enough. Um, I'm gonna say it is different than what was the word? Sofrito mirepoix. Wait. Mirepoix sofrito. Wait. Two words or one word? What's, what's two happening words. Here? French they're, is mirepoix. They're different. Yes, they are. 
different languages yes and different things yes excellent <laughs> so if you guys could see me i'm doing hand gestures over here separating the two and you've already given the answers to chef johnny in yep the previous, he's all so in our interview to, so we don't have to say we're not going to repeat them because everybody knows but you but i'm gonna <laughs> but i'm gonna listen to it <laughs> yes you want to hit the rewind button on this podcast okay i got more how do you feel about cauliflower i like cauliflower it took me a long time in fact not until i was an adult but now I really like it. And a cauliflower pizza crust is a yay or a nay? Excuse me? A cauliflower pizza crust? Yeah. Sacrilegious. <laughs> it's, it's wrong? Yeah, I don't like it that much. <laughs> no, yeah. no. You know, I do like cauliflower, but not in your pizza. Cauliflower rice and cauliflower roasted cauliflower oh. with salt and pepper and maybe some Cajun spice. Did you and Chef Johnny chat before no, that answer? Is that what he said? Very similar. Ah, Chef mm -hmm. Johnny. He used the word ketogenic, but we won't go down that. So, communal dining and communal cocktails. Yes. What are your thoughts on those? I actually like it. Um, I think it's, I, uh, I like sitting at the big table. There aren't too many places. I remember Stella's maybe has one. Mm-hmm. Um, Chipotle? No. Uh, Chipotle, definitely, yes. Yeah, no. That's exactly where everyone goes to get their communal dining on. You know, I think eating should be a shared experience. So With people you don't know? I think it's helpful. Yeah, I think it's helpful for society to have that. My dad, not on board. No? Mm-mm. What, what is his hang-up? He doesn't like Tom, Dick, or Harry, so he doesn't want to eat with them. Well, I think you should have a choice. I don't think it should be... I mean, you, have to, you obviously have a choice of what restaurant you're going to go to. Sure. And if you have a communal table, then you're not going to go there. Perfect. So, That's how he feels. Oh, great. <laughs> Almost precisely. How about a communal cocktail? I'm not sure. Not with is. strangers. <laughs> I'm not talking a about a cocktail that you drink yeah, out of. Yeah, eh, that's a little. I'm not so big on that. What if it was on fire? The cocktail? Yeah. I don't think it changes things. <laughs> you don't think <laughs> so? Not, not, not for me. Oh, so so either, I like communal that's cocktails. That's more of a college thing. I think in college we used to do that. Fish bowls. On fire? In Syracuse. It wasn't on fire, no. Okay, that's a fraternity story we'll get for another time. So I got a lot of questions on Instagram this week. What's, Scott. Our, what's our Instagram again? at eat it virginia but they get to me by at call me roby beautiful do, do they come to you too i got some actually and i'm going to ask you several i right love now. hit it all right so from dgc butterfly effect where can she get brussels sprouts brussels sorry it says brussels i just brussels sprouts mm -hmm. where can she get brussels sprouts where can she get them? I guess that's what she wants to know, yeah. Okay. Who, who, who's, who's serving the best ones? I'm going to bullet point these. Toast, Laura Lee's, Lucy's. And what is it about those? They're delicious and crispy and fun. You got it. With maybe some red pepper. Oh, and a follow-up question, two questions for the price of one. Is there a brewery in town that can handle a large event that also serves wine? What would you suggest if someone Garden Grove. Actually, they just changed into an urban winery. I mean, they're a brewery, too, and an urban winery. It's located in Carytown. Okay. Anywhere else? Bingo. Bingo can ha hold a huge group and you can play ping pong, which apparently is like a huge draw. Yeah, I love it. Uh, next question from the Slack Socialite wants to know the best bar for dining solo. I don't know. I feel like you should answer this one. So rude. <laughs> Come on. You we do dine from, solo. We went from communal tables to mm -hmm. dining solo. Yeah, you like dining with strangers is what we learned. So tell me what, where the Let's best see. bar is. Um, I've had meals recently at the bar at Brenner Pass at uh, Bar Solito. Right? Yeah, Bar Solito is delightful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the triple, um, don't look back, the triple tacos across the street. Solo? Delicious. At the bar? Don't, don't look at me like that. I am looking at you like that. Yes, of course. Mm. Was it a good conversation? 
with the bartender, she actually made fun of me a lot. Oh, so similar to me. Very good. There you go. There's your mailbag. Do you, guys, ask us questions. We need them. Or just ask Scott questions because he's obviously lonely and needs something to read at the bar. <laughs> all right, Roby. This, we've come to the part, my favorite part of the podcast. It's when Roby gets to let it all out and go on her Roby's rant. Roby, who is in your crosshair today? So you know Valentine's Day was this past week, right? Uh, yeah. And I sit in a weird little space here where I have like lots of friends that run restaurants and I love them. I want you to know that I love them all, every single one. But I, I don't understand why some of them are mad that they're busy on holidays. Maybe they want to be with their loved one. Oh, crud. So now you make me look like a jackass. Just, well... Yeah, okay. You, well, I mean, if the shoe fits. <laughs> but, like, when you say mad, what do you mean exactly? Well, like, they, like, don't want to be busy. Or they send blessings to other restaurateurs as if, like, death is about to happen. This is all on social media you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Or anywhere that people can talk about being busy. I brought I was brought up in a restaurant that we hoped it was busy all the time. So why do people get upset when they're busy? Have you posed this question to any of your restaurant friends? No, and I'm sure everyone's going to defriend me. And then, yeah, I won't be able to ask these questions. So, guys, I would like to know why you're busy on a holiday and why you're upset about this. And while you're defriending me, please add us on Instagram at Virginia and at Scott underscore wise. I'm at Call Me Roby, but clearly you guys are never going to come back there again. We're also available for download on all your podcast apps. If you like what you hear, please give us a review. A, a review? I'm not going to have any more friends. Well, <laughs> so give Scott a review because I have lost every friend because you guys are busy and I want you to be busy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. If you say peace again, that's it. Peace. <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.